Welcome back to another episode of Season Saviors. I'm Shane Riley, joined by my friend Ian Whitfield. Ian, it's been another great week of fantasy football. How are you doing? Yeah, it has been a great week, Shane. It's uh, good to be back after a exciting Week 10. I'm doing great. Um, Le'Veon Bell's not coming back for the season, so that's a good. That's an interesting development. The Titans dominating the Patriots. That's another interesting thing that we saw happen this week. Um, yeah, James Conner owners are very, very happy that Le'Veon Bell is not coming back. Whereas what? Le'Veon Bell owners are probably very disappointed. I would be very angry if I was a Le'Veon Bell owner, which I was in one league, but I was able to trade him before the season started, so yeah, that, that was good. At the first round pick thrown away if you took Le'Veon Bell. Yep, for sure. So let's jump right into the must stardoms. I'm going to start us off this week uh, with Doug Martin, a running back for the Oakland Raiders. I know it might seem a little shaky, and I was kind of questioning myself as I made this pick, too, to start an Oakland Raider. Anyone on the Oakland Raiders offense or defense, for that matter, is they are literally the worst team in the NFL at the moment. But Martin showed last week that he can be a productive piece in the Raiders offense. He put up 12 points on 18 touches, and now he gets a much, much, much easier matchup against the Cardinals. The Cardinals have allowed the second most rushing TDs all season, and they've allowed the fifth most total fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Uh, Martin showed that he's a small bright spot in the Raiders' offense, as I already mentioned. I think he has some, some like, kind of workhorse potential. He has receptions in almost all his games this season, too. So he, you will get a few um, bonus points in the PPR leagues, but he do, he does get carries, especially against a Cardinals team. It, it's going to be a crapshoot, basically, the, between the Raiders and Cardinals, basically both bottom-of-the-heap teams. But if the Raiders can go up, Doug, Doug Martin's going to get carries, and like most teams have done against the Cardinals, they go up on the Cardinals. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops, and I, I think Doug Martin's a really good start this week. Yeah, it is a little. Sometimes I get a little skeptic when it's an Oakland Raider, but I could definitely see uh, good upside on Doug Martin. Uh, I'll just go ahead and jump right into my first guy. Uh, I went with Sterling Shepard, uh, wide receiver for the New York Giants. Um, he did did have a touchdown last week. Didn't have the production he he wanted, but I mean, when Odell's on your team, you're gonna lose and and Saquon, you're gonna lose some targets. Um, he he only had 43 yards receiving over the past two games, but he did have a touchdown last week. But you can expect big things from this week because guess what? He's playing Tampa Bay, which is – they've given up great offensive numbers to every offense this year except for the Redskins. Uh, you know, the Redskins somehow could not capitalize against this that defense. But I, accept, I ex- expect even Eli Manning to put up good numbers, which he did against San Fran, which, um, you know, Tampa Bay is right along the same lines as uh, San Fran. So, I mean – I could see him getting another touchdown, you know, maybe a couple more targets. Um, if he gets the targets, he's going to have a great fantasy week, but the problem for him is getting targets, and I actually expect him to get that because they should be expecting to throw the ball a lot against Tampa Bay. So, I mean, just go ahead and get right into your second guy. Yeah, almost always a shootout against uh, Tampa Bay. But uh, my second must start this week is Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles take on the Saints, which means start anyone involved in the Eagles passing game. Um, the Saints have allowed the most passing touchdowns all season to opposing wide receivers, along with the most fantasy points per game to a wide rec- uh, to opposing wide receivers as well. In order to keep pace with this Saints team that has an incredible offense and the ball, I, I think that um, they're going to need to get Carson Wentz to throw the ball a lot, which means Jeffrey's going to get a lot of targets this week. Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar, and Zach Ertz also really strong plays along with um, Alshon Jeffrey, but I think Jeffrey's going to get most of the production. The Saints don't really have a lockdown corner this season like Lattimore or whatever his name is is having a, he, he's good 
but he hasn't really shown the same production that he had last year. And Eli Apple's not anything special. He's he's so he can blow coverage very easily. So that looks really good for players like Nelson Aguilar. But um, I think um, Alshon Jeffrey is a very strong play this week against the Saints team. That it's a field day for opposing wide receivers, honestly. Oh, absolutely. They've been uh, very interesting. Uh, guys like P.J. Williams, who actually had a decent year last year, has been terrible this year. They bring in Eli Apple to try to like, you know, fix that problem they've had, but it just really hasn't worked out for the Saints. That they're in a shootout pretty much every game, and the Saints come out on top of it every game. It's it's very fun to watch, but as a Carolina Panthers fan, it's not that great. Um, I'll get in my second guy, who is uh, a Cowboy now, Amari Cooper. Um, in his first two games, he had uh, 18 targets, which is which is great production from a wide receiver, you know. Uh, he had a touchdown in the first game for Dallas. Uh, they didn't trade him to use him as a decoy. They traded for him because they want to use him. Uh, Zeke was tearing up the the Eagles last week, and, you know, that kind of took away some of the production from Amari Cooper. But they're playing Atlanta this week. Even though it's at Atlanta, Atlanta's the third worst uh, team. So they're the 30th, 30th ranked team against uh, wide receivers in fantasy. And uh, I expect them to go right out that because, you know, they have injuries like Keanu Neal and some other guys in that secondary, which has been atrocious this year. Their front seven is still pretty good, so Zeke might go down in production, which would increase the production for Amari Cooper, which is great for a fantasy owner, and I'd say he's a must-start. Yeah, um, Amari Cooper has been really good since he's joined the Cowboys, and it does help Ezekiel Elliott a lot that now there's actually another threat in the passing game for the Cowboys, so that does benefit Ezekiel Elliott a lot. Now into our final stardoms for the week, I have Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, sorry, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys also, so kind of along with that Amari Cooper pick. Um, Prescott, sorry, has been a very solid uh, recently with 21.5 fantasy points per game over his last four starts, and now he gets a very favorable matchup against the Falcons. The Falcons are only one of seven teams to surrender 20 or more passing touchdowns so far this season, and have also allowed the third most ta- third most total fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. The Falcons have allowed the third most total yards per game to opposing quarterbacks as well, so Prescott should be able to rack up not just passing yards, but rushing yards, the fact that those are total yards too, and the fact that they give up a lot of passing touchdowns. So I think Prescott, who isn't a really good passing quarterback, should be able to get a couple passing touchdowns, rack up some good total yardage, including some rushing yards, could easily go north of the 20-point boundary and maybe even into the 25-30s range. I think he's a great start this week, and if you can find him on the waiver wire, also another good pickup. The fact that he's only he's owned in only like 35% of leagues too, so that's also a good pickup. Uh, Prescott is a great play this week, especially if you have a more traditional QB1 on bye this week or something. So don't be afraid to pick him up off the waiver wire, or if you have him as your backup quarterback on your bench in leagues where you have a deeper bench, um, it's a great p- uh, play this week. Yeah, I mean, I do like Dak Prescott, uh, even though he is a Cowboy. But that offense has looked really good since they've added Amari Cooper, having a number one receiver, which is something they didn't have after they cut De- uh, Dez. You know, uh, they've gotten that back, and that offense has looked really good. Um, I'll just go ahead and finish it off with my last stardom, is Larry Fitzgerald of the Cardinals. You know, he's been averaging 10 t- targets over the last three games. But, you know... Oakland hasn't given up that many receiving yards recently because teams have been uh, getting so far up on them that they've just been running the ball, trying to burn some clock. That's the only downside I can see of Larry Fitzgerald because uh, Oakland's secondary is absolutely atrocious. You've got to hope for a shootout here because um, Larry Fitzgerald could lose some value potentially if the Cardinals get up too big 
which I don't see happening because they have rookie quarterback Josh Rosen, who has not been that great this year, having turnover problems and other stuff like that. But Larry Fitzgerald is still a great receiver. He's one of the, the best to do it. And uh, I, I can see him having a fantastic week this week against uh, Oakland, who is very, very low rated against receivers and fantasy points. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard for uh, teams to rack up a lot of yards against the Raiders. The fact that you mentioned they rush a lot because they go up by so much, they just want to get rid of that some of that clock. But uh, now that we're done with the starters, we're going to jump into the do-not starts this week. Um, I'm going to start us off with Dalvin Cook, running back for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Cook finally came back from injury last week and against the Lions and tallied up 14.9 fantasy points, which I'm sure a lot of uh, fantasy owners were very excited about, the fact that he went early in most first rounds or late, or sorry, late first rounds or early second rounds. Uh, this week he has a much more difficult matchup as he faces the Bears team, or a Bears uh, rush defense. The Bears are yet to allow a rush TD this season. They're the only team in the NFL to do that, and have allowed the second least total fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Cook is a solid play in the future, I believe, but th- there's no benefit in messing around with, against a run defense that has not allowed a single rushing touchdown all season, and a guy that's just coming back from injury, too. I think there's better plays this week um, that you can find off the waiver wire, including like a Doug Martin or something like that. But Dalvin Cook, I, you need to play. I think you have to play someone in his place. Like I don't even see flex consideration for him this week, honestly, against a team that hasn't surrendered a rushing touchdown all year, and they're the only team to do that. Yeah, that's a tough defense to go against, and especially since Dalvin Cook coming off of injury. You know, uh, his numbers may look good from the one game he came back in, but if you look at the stats, he had one rush of seventy yards, which he only had eighty nine total in like twelve carries. So, I mean, he he had 19 over 11 other carries. So, I mean, that's a good sit. Uh, getting into my first guy, I have Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons. This guy has been uh, really surprising to me. You know, one week he's a stardom, the next week he's a sit him. He may have a good matchup, you know, last week against the Cleveland Browns. But there's just been so much inconsistency in that Atlanta Falcons offense. All of a sudden, Julio's getting all the touchdowns. Uh, they have such a hard time scoring in the red zone, and at one point, you know, Calvin really was the savior. He was getting all the touchdowns. But now it's, they've really gone back to their old form, and no one's getting the touchdowns. Uh, as they lose to the – they lost to Cleveland last week. And, you know, Julio may have had a touchdown, but it just didn't look good. And then, like, they have a lot of other targets, like Austin Hooper and uh, – Austin Hooper and other guys like that who really steal touchdowns from you, like Ido Smith. I mean, there's so many other targets, and – you know, they're going up against Dallas, who actually has been really good against uh, wide receivers this year. And, you know, they have Leighton Van Der Esch and all these other guys that are coming out of the uh, out of nowhere to just really help their defense out. And it's really paid off for them. And Calvin really is just not going to have a good matchup here. Just so many other targets, a lot of inconsistency, and he's really hit a r- rookie wall. Uh, so go ahead and get into your next guy, Ian. Uh, yeah, so... We're going to jump right in with Marlon Mack, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Mack had a disappointing Week 10 against the Jaguars, where he only put up 7.8 points, and I know a lot of my friends were very frustrated about that, and I got some people telling me, oh, what's wrong with Marlon Mack? Why is he uh, not doing uh, the right things and stuff like that this week? And they were talking about how frustrated he is, because he did get 14 touches, which is not minor, but he just did not have the product or the um, uh, level of production, the elite production that he's had with the touches he's had so far this season. But things do not look to be getting any easier with this week's matchup. Not only is he coming off a bad week, but the Colts take on the Titans at home this week. And the Titans' defense against opposing running backs has been outstanding. 
the Titans have a, are yet to allow a receiving touchdown to opposing running backs. They're the only team in the NFL to do that, which obviously you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, why does that matter? Like, they, that's just another like little stat where a running back might benefit. But Marlon Mack does get a good amount of um of receptions too, and he does get a good amount of targets out of the backfield. Uh, the Titans are yet to allow a receiving touchdown, as I mentioned. And not only that, they're top three in the fewest total fantasy points per game allowed to running backs. So they're right up there with the Bears in total fantasy points allowed. They have allowed rushing touchdowns, but obviously you're not going to have another Bears team that is not allowed a rushing touchdown. I think they've allowed three rushing touchdowns so far this season. So it's still stout in the fact that they've only allowed three total touchdowns to uh, running backs all year. Uh, Max has put together a solid year, but this week you, I, it's, I find it hard to trust. Almost up there with uh, Dalvin Cook. Both the uh, Titan and Bear rush defenses have been extreme, or not just their rush defenses, but just the total defense against running backs, even passing out of the backfield, has been very good. And I think Marlon Mack is not a, someone you can trust this week. Yeah, the Titans safeties and linebackers have really, really outdone themselves this year. I mean, shutting down James White and basically shutting down Tom Brady. Uh, bit of a crazy game last week. Uh, I'll just go ahead and jump right into my second guy. It's uh, Lou Garrett Blunt uh, of Detroit of the Detroit Lions. You know, if he's still on your team, you're really in trouble. If if you're still having to start him, you're really in trouble. Uh, he really he hasn't broken ten ten yards or a touchdown in the last three games. That's he basically just comes in to you know make the defense switch it up a little bit because it's a power running back compared to where Carryon Johnson is getting all the carries. Uh, he's getting all the yards, all the touches. Garrett Blunt's coming in, getting like three, four touches a game. The only thing you got to hope for is that they get on the one and they just put Garrett Blunt in to try to power his way into the end zone. I mean, he doesn't really catch out of the backfield. And now he's going up against the Carolina defense that features Luke Keekley, Kawan Short, and so many other uh, stars on that defense that has just been – they're ninth ranked against running this year. And Garrett Blunt is going to have to have a real day or you're going to have to take a chance at him if you really think he's going to do well this week because he just hasn't looked good. And he's getting up there in age, and he's just losing all of his carries to now for, like, the first time in a long time that Detroit's actually had a number one running back. Mm-hmm. That he was getting all the touches and everything. So it's just not a start for me. Yeah, it's unfortunate if you have a LeGarrette Blunt. Um, my last start for the week is Jack Doyle and Eric Ebram, the tight ends for the Indianapolis Colts. Doyle's the clear tight end one, for in most people's opinions, for the Colts. But Ebron has done a good job at taking some of those red zone targets away. He's up there with the red zone targets with Doyle, and he actually has more touchdowns this season than Doyle, basically more or less because of injury. Ebron is the number four ranked tight end in the in NFL and PPR, or in um, a point total so far this season in PPR leagues. But Doyle is still their go-to guy, but... You can't start any of these guys at tight end this week, even if you picked up Ebron off the waiver wire or you drafted Doyle or something like that. The Colts, as I mentioned above with um, Marlon Mack, take on the Titans this week. The Titans have been a great against running backs, but they've also been amazing against tight ends. The Titans have not allowed a single touchdown to tight ends all season, and they have allowed a league low of only 6.8 total fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends as well. So not only do they allow under 7 fantasy points per game to tight ends, The Colts have two tight ends that they use in their offense. So cut those points in half, and the fact that they're probably not going to find the end zone, they haven't found the end zone with a tight end all season, or teams facing the tight end, Titans haven't found a uh, tight end all season. So that's a little tongue twister for you right there, Titans, tight end. Uh, It's not looking good for the Colts offense this week with Marlon Mack and now the tight ends, but I think you're better off finding someone off the waiver wire as a tight end or 
starting someone else this week at a tight end position because Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle will not have a productive week, especially the fact if they don't find the end zone. So you go ahead. Yeah, that's very interesting because uh, Eric Ebron was my last hit him because even though he did have three touchdowns last week, uh, he had a, actually two receiving and a rushing touchdown last week, which was very interesting that the Colts are using him in different ways. Um, and uh, he... Uh, He's now going up against the Titans defense, who's ranked number one against tight ends because guys like Kevin Byard, who, who have really uh, overperformed this season, you know, he's looked really good. I think he had, a, I think he's had a couple picks, stuff like that. He's really shut down both running backs and tight ends, and uh, he's going to be the guy covering Eric Ebron, uh, and it's just not looking good for anyone on the Colts offense, as you said earlier. Um, so we just go and jump right into your waiver wire pickups, and yep. then we'll get right into the fantasy football recap. Yeah, the Titans have actually been – their defense has actually been playing really well this season. Good, Just unfortunate their offense is not that good. Very they put 34 up on the Patriots, yeah. but that's a little fluke. Very inconsistent. Yep. All right, so my waiver wire pickups this week. My first one is Mike Davis, running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I actually – I think last week he was one of my waiver wire pickups, or it was the week before, I forget, but I believe it was last week. Uh, Davis has a week-to-week workhorse potential, which is – uh, that's very good. Like the fact that you can find that on the waiver wire at this point in the season, due to the fact that Chris Carson is consistently questionable to play. When Carson has not played, Davis has been great. He put up 18 points in back-to-back games. So in uh, week nine and week ten, he put up 18 points. And with Carson out, so even when Carson comes back, he should still have a lot of uh, responsibility in the Seahawks backfield, even with the emergence of Rashad Penny. So I mean, it will be interesting to see if. Uh, the Seahawks start to use Rashad Penny more. The fact they used a first-round pick on him, and he's been on like the bench all season. Like, I feel he eventually he's going to be the running back one, but he did have a really good week last week as he uh, went over 100 yards rushing. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in the future. But for now, I think the depth order is going to be Chris Carson, Mike Davis, then Rashad Penny for now. But with Chris Carson gone, Mike Davis has that workhorse potential, and he's only owned in 47% of ESPN leagues. So go ahead and jump on that if you're in lucky one of those one of two leagues uh, where he might be available. He has great flex appeal and low end running back two occasionally. That's only if Chris Carson is out and if Rashad Penny maybe for some reason is um, injured or questionable or something like that. Then he's a running back two play. But until then, I think he's a flex play with Chris Carson out. And then he's a flex play also if uh, Chris Carson is in for the time being until Chris Carson is 100% healthy. Um, but secondly, I'm going to go to Anthony Miller, a guy I picked up in multiple leagues. This kid has a lot of raw talent, and the Bears seem to uh, tap into it this uh, this past week as he put up 23 points. He's over double-digit points in his last three games and has 24 targets over his past four games. Teams focus more on Allen Robinson as the wide receiver one for the uh, Chicago Bears, who they signed this offseason. And that helps Miller get easier matchups against other cornerbacks. He's only owned at 34% of ESPN leagues, and... He's racking up points, and he's wide receiver two on the Bears at the moment. This guy has wide receiver two potential, and low-end wide receiver one, dare I say, is available on the waiver wire right now. I love this guy, and he's only owned in 34% of leagues, as I mentioned. So go ahead and hop on this bandwagon a little bit. I would. I have in multiple leagues. I love the target share that he gets and the fact that he's not the wide receiver one because that's going to get him easier matchups against teams. Lastly, I have Danny Amendola, wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. He's finally living up to the contract that he received this offseason, which people were saying is too exp- or too much money for a uh, slot receiver. But uh, Amendola in his past five games has double-digit points in every single one of them and had five or more receptions in all of those games as well. 
Amendola gets a massive number of targets in the slot and is surprisingly only owned in 42% of ESPN leagues. Amendola is a great PPR play with massive amount of receptions, and he has great wide receiver two numbers and low-end wide receiver one if you're really lacking. But he's more of a wide receiver two for the most part until he can start to find the end zone a little more consistently. But that's about it. Let's jump into the teacher-student league where we can look at um, how I dominated Mr. Schwartz this week. Yeah, actually, we'll get right into that. But starting it off, we'll start with my game, as always. Uh, Room beats me 152, which is a tremendous week, uh, to 121.8. You know, not, not not the greatest week. Guys like Jordan Howard really let me down. Graham can only give me three points in that absolutely blowout, absolute blowout between Pittsburgh and Carolina this week. Uh, you know, Varun starts Mitch Trubisky. That's a great start. Carry on Johnson, you know, the guy who's taking over the number one roles mm-hmm. uh, at, in Detroit. Uh, Antonio Brown. Had a great week. Michael Thomas. Uh, Varun's team really uh, really outdid itself this week, uh, beating me 152.1 to 121.8. Uh, getting into your game, Ian, you put up an outstanding 181.7. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, Alvin Kamara, Allen Robinson, Nick Chubb all had fantastic weeks in, in, this, le- in this league. And uh, they really uh, – even James Conner gave you 14, and he was – Lower than all of the guys I just mentioned. Your and defense. I had Leonard Fournette on my bench still too. They could have replaced him. Your defense and kicker each got you twelve. I mean, it was uh, everybody got you points this week. I mean, Schwartz would have beaten Varun and myself with one hundred fifty three point nine. So it's a very unfortunate, unfortunate uh, matchup for him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey gave him thirty six. Baker Mayfield gave him twenty two. Tyreek Hill gave him thirty two. I mean, that's really an unfortunate pairing right there. But uh, Ian will take the win for the students. The only one of the week because. Chaz and uh, Mike Godek lost, which is no surprise to really anybody at this <laughs> at this point in the season. Um, as I mentioned, Delisi beats Donaldson 121.1 to 106.3. Um, Zach Ertz was really gave her all of her points, which is kind of unfortunate for Chaz because he actually could have won this week because Ertz gave her 40 points in that Sunday night game. So Chaz was actually had a little bit of hope at this time, but. Um, then again, you know, at least he did give him a chance by not starting a defense. And Tom Brady and Kareem Hunt and, uh, you know, some other players not putting up too much. You know, Tom Brady only getting 11. Didn't re- didn't have a touchdown. Kareem Hunt didn't have a touchdown. Cooper Cup towards ACL. So, I mean, uh, th- this was a big chance for Team Donaldson to win, and he just did- couldn't capitalize on it. Uh, Team DeMont absolutely dismantles Team Godek. Team Godek put up 53 whereas Team DeMont put up 163. Mike Godick just lost by 110 points <laughs> in, a, in a game of fantasy football. Um, having good weeks by Aaron Jones and David Johnson for Team DeMont. Uh, actually, Mike got most of his points from two guys, Andrew Luck and Derrick Henry, because A.J. Green's hurt, Randall Cobb was hurt, Tyler Eifert tore his ACL like uh, a year ago, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Demarius Thomas is on a bye. Latavius Murray's on a bye. Uh, I really don't think Mike uh, really looked at this league too much. No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's just a guess for me. Uh, team Eifler uh, loses to Team Corn. Uh, this could be in part to the fact that uh, basketball just started, and Team Eifler is the coach of that because he started Emmanuel Sanders and Dan Bailey, who are both on buys, which is the luck we're going to need in this league because Eifler's team has been very successful so far this season. And uh, he'll take a loss at Team Corn, so I'm sure Team Corn will take it, as Drew Brees and Zeke really carried his team there. Uh, even getting negative seven from his defense, and Corn still pulls out the win against Eifler. So he really is truly blessed for uh, basketball to be starting, because 
uh, Eifler actually started Cam Newton over Patrick Mahomes, which was very interesting to me. Uh, getting into next week's matchup, I think we have uh, four, three student-teacher matchups again. Um, yep. As students go one and two again, and our record just gets worse and worse every week with <laughs> with, with the st- students and teachers. I'm taking on a five and five team to Mont. Uh, myself, I am five and five. Uh, d- six and four, Delisi takes on five and five, Varun. And uh, uh, seven and three, Whitfield takes on one and nine, Team Godex. So Let's go. Basically <laughs> a bye week for you. And then we're getting Team Schwartz versus Eifler. Uh, I'm guessing Schwartz is hoping Eifler does not check his, his – thing this week because uh Schwartz is only one game down of Team Ife. Uh seven and three corn takes on one and nine Donaldson. That's the last student teacher matchup. Uh it's looking like a great week of fantasy. You know you got that Monday night game for the Chiefs and the Rams that got moved from Mexico to LA. Mm-hmm. Uh that's gonna be a terrific game. Both those defenses have really underperformed and I expect a great shootout between the two of them of, you know, iconic Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Todd Gurley, which is un- which is good for my fantasy team, but unfortunate for some of the other leagues I'm in because I'm I believe I am playing Todd Gurley. Um, that's all we have for this week. Uh, please join us next week and look at DHS Press for o- other news you may need to know about Dominion High School. Thank you.